presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here is your host, Rachel Pierce. Hello, and welcome to Sentencing Practice Talk. I'm Rachel Pierce, and today I am joined by Raquel Wilson. Welcome. First time, right? Yes. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Sure, of course. Uh, So this uh, episode is part of a larger series that we are working on in sort of bringing to light what we like to call teachable moments from some of our sessions at the 2019 National Seminar. And so you're here today to to talk with us about one of the sessions that you facilitated at, at the National Seminar in New Orleans, and that's on grouping of multiple counts. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, but I understand before we dive into uh, your takeaways from your session, you want to give a little bit of uh, a refresher of some resources that you're aware of and some things, just generalized things about grouping. Yes, okay. absolutely. I guess I like to say I want to start with preaching the gospel of grouping, mm, <laughs> just to like begin it. with, because here's the thing. This is actually the fifth podcast that we've had on grouping. Mm -hmm. So I do want everybody to understand, first of all, that um, if you want to hear more about grouping, you should look at episodes four, five, six, and 11. I think that was you and Ebisay Mm -hmm. who reviewed helpline calls on grouping because it is one of the frequently asked questions. It sure is. (laughs) We never lack for helpline calls on grouping. That's right. Um, And so I guess when I say I want to preach the gospel, you know, it's important to get it right. Because if you get the grouping rules wrong, Mm -hmm. you will get the wrong offense level. Mm -hmm. Am I right? You're right. And a lot, and the way people get it wrong is in such a way that usually the offense level comes out higher than it should. Mm And when you get the wrong offense level, you get the wrong guideline range, and that is procedural error. Like you made a mistake that's reversible on appeal. Right. Um, And so. It's important to understand it and to get it right. And it's important basically to go through the whole process every time on each case. Mm -hmm. And it's when people shortcut it that we see the mistakes. You got that right. All right. So, and I guess just in terms of like the approach of the guidelines on grouping, like it's been in the guidelines since day one. Like the first set of guidelines Mm -hmm. had grouping rules. Sure did. And that's because we actually have a statute that tells us to do grouping. Mm -hmm. Because back in the old days before the Sentencing Reform Act, like judges could just decide, oh, three bank robberies, I'll give them 20 plus 20 plus 20, Mm -hmm. 60 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But Congress said in the Sentencing Reform Act, commission, figure out what the incremental punishment should be for multiple offenses. And so that's what we did with the grouping rules. So instead of getting 20 plus 20 plus 20 for a bank robbery, you might get, you know, whatever the guideline range is, plus a couple of units maybe, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And that's like a much smaller enhancement to the penalty Mm -hmm. than stacking penalties, right? So it's super important. Mm -hmm. It's so important that I only learned grouping like two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, you weren't exposed to it as much as you are now. I was not exposed to it as much as I am now. And I I didn't have the mechanism that the decision tree Mm -hmm. gives us. Mm -hmm. The decision tree is like probably one of the best products we've ever come up with. Agreed. Um, And it is online. Mm -hmm. So if you have a grouping question or if you have a grouping issue at all, that is literally the first thing you should do Mm -hmm. is get yourself a copy of the decision tree and run your case through it. Mm -hmm. You will not make a mistake. 
If you follow the tree. If you follow the tree. If you want to think too much, you can make a mistake. That's right. Do not fight with the tree. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> Just love it. go where the tree leads you. Do not fight with but the tree. But this leads me, totally, but this leads me to the last thing that I just want to say before we get into sort of what we did at the National Seminar, which is somebody asked me at the seminar at the end of the thing, at the end of the session, so I totally get it. The tree is great, but where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Like if opposing counsel asks me, where did you get this from? That's a good question. It's an excellent question. And my in my head, I'm thinking she's so right to ask because <laughs> you can't go to the judge and be like, the tree spoke to me. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The judge would send you for a competency evaluation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but my answer to her, and I think I was right at the time because I've since gone back and looked, is... In the decision tree, we have distilled basically all of Chapter 3, Part D. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know where the decisions in the tree come from, Mm -hmm. you need to read the introductory commentary. Mm -hmm. You need to read all of the grouping rules. Mm -hmm. And you need to read all of the application notes. There we go again with the application notes. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, you can get a double espresso and read that whole section (laughs) if you want to. But if I were you, I would simply turn to the tree. And I guess if, like, you're challenged on something, you know, give us a call and we can point you to exactly where the notion comes from. Absolutely. And and I would agree with you that it is the, the best resource that we have produced at the commission. And I love training it because it's like, it takes the guesswork out of it. Exactly. And especially with, well, I like it with older officers as well, but I think it's harder for them sometimes because mm-hmm. they're so ingrained into doing things the way they've been doing them. Mm-hmm. But especially with new officers, it's excellent because yes. they don't have any frame of reference and they just like, oh, wow, this is great. I yes. get the answer every time. They Well, same for me. Like I said, the, 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 the tree is what enabled me to yep. teach grouping. Yep, that's <laughs> excellent. That's excellent. Okay. So speaking of teaching, yes. uh, tell us about your session and uh, what you felt like some of the takeaways were all right well the session really utilized a lot of scenarios Mm -hmm. and one thing I want to say about it is um, in the workbook which we handed out at the seminar of course we have the decision tree and we created a new resource that talks in more detail about grouping under the various rules Mm -hmm. Um, because grouping under rule d is somewhat straightforward but grouping under rule c is where we we see people sort of adding too many units. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use lots of scenarios. And frankly, most of the people got most of the answers absolutely correct. Okay. Why? Because they use a decision tree. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say sort of bottom line up front, people add units too often. Oh. People are too quick to add units. Okay. And a lot of the scenarios were built around testing that principle. Um, And I can sum it up by saying people add too many units the way I see it. And you can tell me if you agree for two reasons for the most part. First situation, there are multiple counts that get reference to the same guideline. Mm -hmm. Each count represents a distinct harm Mm -hmm. or a very distinct crime. Mm -hmm. Even though they go to the same guideline, that guideline is listed as grouping under Rule D, 
people just don't want to accept it. Right. You understand what I'm saying? They do. They want to think about it too much. <laughs> they want to think about it too much. And I think they maybe they are frustrated by the fact that the guideline doesn't seem to account for the additional count of conviction mm-hmm. because it might be about something totally different, but there's no additional punishment. So maybe they feel sort of dissatisfied. Well, and frankly, that's been one of the criticisms about the grouping rules over the years is that folks feel like things get, quote, lost. Mm-hmm. Conduct gets lost. Crimes get lost because they end up grouping together. Right. And then ultimately whatever the most serious is going to control as far as the offense level is concerned. So right. I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that one. And so I guess then people feel like the person got like one or two crimes for free. Right. Because only one really drove the sentence. Right. But it is what it is. The guidelines tell you how to group, mm-hmm. and that's the rule that you need to follow. Right. Uh, the other reason I think people add too many units is because if something doesn't group under Rule D, mm-hmm. they kind of automatically want to just go ahead and add units. All the time. Right. Because they think, oh, if it doesn't group under Rule D, it doesn't group under any of the rules. That's right. But the thing about the decision tree is it's not going to let you make that mistake. Right. Because it's going to ask you all of the questions that will get you to the right place. Exactly. Right. So in terms of the scenarios that tested that, um, we went right off the bat with rule D grouping. And it's interesting because, you know, sort of start with a softball. Like everybody knows, you know, 21 USC 846 and 841, drug conspiracy, drug possession, multiple counts of that. You just go to 2D11 and you do one application of the guideline. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of knows that, you know, intuitively. I think you're right, right. Mm-hmm. And, ju- and drugs are such a huge part of, you know, the federal caseload. People are pretty familiar with, with it. The second scenario threw a little wrinkle there. It was a little harder because it's, it was a case under 2B11. And which is also listed as grouping under Rule D. But in that scenario that we used, the person had done two bad things Mm -hmm. that were completely unrelated. Um, In one instance, he stole a patient. He was a nurse who stole a patient's credit card and used it. And then uh, he also falsified um, DEA logs to allow a patient to take ketamine from the drug vault. Two bad things. Two bad things. Two bad things that both go to 2B11. Right. You don't assign units. Right. It's a rule D grouping. Right. And people will say, but, you know, but then what's the incremental increase for uh, in punishment for the second count? And it's like, there isn't one. Right. Right. <laughs> there because isn't the one. Way, because the way the rule is designed to work, it, it application of that rule, rule D, Makes it the same harm, if you That's will. right. We, we, the guidelines are telling you that those counts are closely related right. and that you do not add units. And that's what people don't want to hear and they want to overthink. Yes, exactly. But if you're grouping under Rule D, stop. Right. And then the third scenario was even more, I think, vexing to people because it's one in which, and by the way, these scenarios come from real helpline calls. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So in this situation, there are two counts of um, drug trafficking or distribution of fentanyl. And each count resulted in the death of a distinct victim. Mm. But both counts go to 2D11. Right. It's a rule D grouping. Right. And 2D11 doesn't account for, you know, more than one death. Mm-hmm. And so people sort of automatically, and I totally understand this impulse, you know, they want to add units because there's another victim. Exactly. But what I said, you know, at the seminar was I totally understand that. But you can't bend the grouping rules to do your bidding. Right. 
Like, if you think that sentence is not long enough, you've got to go elsewhere. Right. You've got to go to a departure. You've got to go to a variance. But you can't add units and call it grouping. Because right. once you add units under Rule D, you are not grouping. Right. And then you're running afoul of what you were talking about at the, at the beginning of, of this episode. And that's that procedural error issue. Right. Because you haven't applied the guidelines correctly. That's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And then and then I, I was a little sneaky because I put in some <laughs> questions that weren't about Rule D. And then I circled back to Rule D. Mm-hmm. And then people got that one wrong. Well, you got to keep them on their toes. You got to do that. <laughs> exactly, because again, in the in the gun scenario with two K two point one, it you know counts to go there. Group under Rule D. It yeah. is what it is. It so is. this defendant, you know, had some firearms on in one instance, a stolen firearm, and then like four months later, he had a machine gun. Mm-hmm. Two bad things. Yeah. Oh, well, you can't add units and separated Mm -hmm. in time. Exactly. But in the same indictment, you can't add units. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So is that all you talked about was Rule D? Well, we moved on. (laughs) (laughs) We dwelt in the land of Rule D grouping for a pretty long time, Mm -hmm. but we moved on (laughs) because back to the point we were making earlier, just because something doesn't group under Rule D doesn't mean you add units. We also have Rules A through C, Mm -hmm. and this is where we added a new resource. Um, It's, again, in the seminar workbook. And we talked, uh, the page is titled Keys to Grouping under uh, 3D 1.2 A through D. Mm-hmm. And just so the, the listeners know, we'll add that as a resource yes. to this. We'll attach it to this episode as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so you'll see there that we talk about grouping under Rule C. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you have multiple counts and it looks like, and, and they're sort of closely related somewhat, but they go to different guidelines. So mm-hmm. people think, oh, automatically add units. Classic example, robbery with a firearm. Mm-hmm. Two different guidelines, I completely understand. But what Rule C requires you to do is run the guideline calculation for each of the counts. Yes, ma'am. And then you determine, does one guideline encompass conduct that's covered by the other guideline. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. you group under Rule C. Mm-hmm. And the decision tree directs you when you're grouping under Rule C, you're going to have two different guideline determinations. But once you see that it groups under Rule C, the answer is you just take the higher mm-hmm. guideline calculation. Right. And you're done. So you're telling me you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You don't get to choose. You have to follow the tree. (laughs) You've got to follow the tree. Mm -hmm. The tree will never lead you astray. It's true. It's true. And so I, you know, I had a really tricky scenario, and I guess it was a little bit mean, but (laughs) it was scenario number six on grouping under Rule C. And what I love about that scenario is it's the classic robbery plus a firearm. If a, if a firearm is used in a robbery and then there's also a felon in possession count, mm-hmm. it's going to group under mm-hmm. Rule C. Mm-hmm. But what I did in this scenario was I put in a whole bunch of distractors. You mm. know, So the guy robbed a bank and we know that during the robbery he possessed a Glock and he pointed it at the teller. And then later on, when agents arrest him at his house, they find three other handguns. Mm -hmm. The Glock is not in that group. Mm. So he's charged with robbery and felon in possession, and they're different weapons that were used. Oh, you did get crazy. I did. I got a little mm-hmm. mean, but and so a number of people, like a lot of people, got that wrong. Mm-hmm. This is still a rule C grouping, right? 
Why? Because suppose I didn't know what the firearm was that he used in the robbery. Mm -hmm. And then I have a separate felon in possession count. There's nothing that forces me to prove which weapon was used in the robbery. Right. Right. So like he's still going to get the enhancement for that under the robbery guideline. And he's going to get, you know, in connection with another felony under the firearm guideline. Mm -hmm. So those two guidelines sort of each cross pollinate. Mm -hmm. And so rule C tells you those counts are closely related. Right. We're done. Right. And if the if the robbery comes out higher, then that's the guideline that you take. And I guess people feel like, well, but then that doesn't account for the gun. But it's like, yeah, it kind of does. Right. So that kind of leads me to what I I feel like I'm getting the bottom line Mm -hmm. from all of what we've been talking about and what you experienced in your session. And that would be what would be the bottom line, Raquel? The bottom line is don't jump to adding units. Mm -hmm. Slow down on the units. Work the whole decision tree before you add units. And honestly, I didn't spend, I think I didn't spend any time at all, actually, on units. Because once you get to the point that you have to add units, it's just math. It's easy at that point. It's pretty yeah. super easy. Like, mm-hmm. And we actually have the resource on that, in again, in the seminar workbook. And we can add that, too. But, you know, it tells you if it's, you know, one uh, guideline calculation is this much less than the other guideline calculation. You add this many units. You're literally just adding like half and one. Right. It's really not hard. And we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. If we dare say anything in grouping is easy. This is easy. That part of it's easy. Exactly. And it's the getting to that part that's a little more challenging. Exactly. Follow the tree. And you're good. That's right. And just give us a call. Absolutely. Call the helpline. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for being with us here today. Really appreciate your feedback and hope to see you soon on another episode of Sentencing Practice Talk. Thank you, Rachel. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case.